0: It on Truth is Now Treason. I want to thank you for joining us. And I'm Linux. I'm Dietrich. You know, if you haven't listened to the first three episodes of You Can't Handle It, I want to encourage you to do so.
1: I know I am the kind of person that I have to do things in an orderly fashion. I don't do very well going backwards.
0: Or forwards. (laughs) You know, so in our first episode where we began our series on You Can't Handle It, we were talking about a time in the Bible where there was a dispute going on between the nation of Judah and God. Now, this is found in Isaiah 59. Judah was accusing God of abandoning them. And God told Judah that they were a nation of liars and murderers.
1: We even listen to a piece of a sermon by John MacArthur, where he talked about how lies on top of fear and confusion create an almost fatal insecurity and devastating chaos. And this is exactly what we are seeing in our nation right now. MacArthur mentioned six groups who are lying to us. And of course, it's not a complete list, but it's a pretty good one. One of them that he mentioned was religious leaders. Religious leaders, you say? They can't be lying. Unfortunately, there are many that are. And I hate to even discuss this topic because there are people who love to cut on religious leaders or preachers or churches, anything to do with God. But if we are honest, like we have been here at Truth Is Now Treason, there is a problem within the church in America. And to correct this problem, we have to be aware of what it is. Because some, and I repeat some, not all, because there are good preachers out there still teaching the truth about God's word. But there are some who are either living a lie themselves, they're sinning while holding these positions of leadership, Or they are allowing sin or lies to creep into the church's teachings, like saying certain sexual sins are okay or endorsing critical race theory as true. And if you do have a pastor who agrees with critical race theory or saying these certain sins are okay, you need to find a different pastor because that's not what the Bible teaches. And in this episode, we want to discuss how some church leaders today are no different the nation of Judah in Isaiah 59, and we will be using information from a research article that comes from the Barna Group. And the Barna Group is an organization that does surveys about biblical events or topics. And the link that we're going to use will be listed in the episode description. And this is a study. This one that we're going to talk about is a study that was done on Protestant pastors and the biblical worldview. And they interviewed Protestant pastors in the United States. And what you're going to hear will likely blow you away Now, they interviewed 601 senior pastors nationwide, and the report shows that only half of the country's Protestant pastors, this is a nation that was founded on Judeo-Christian values. And so I want to stress this, that only half, 51%, only had a biblical worldview.
0: So how did they define a biblical worldview? Well, they started off with this. You have to believe that an absolute moral truth exists, and that it is based on the Bible. And then they uh, expanded on that with having a biblical view on six core beliefs. They started with this, the accuracy of biblical teaching. In other words, stating that what is in the Bible is accurate. It is God's word given to man. Second one is the sinless nature of Jesus. In other words, Jesus did not sin while he was here on this earth. He was 100% God and 100% man. The literal existence of Satan. In other words, Satan isn't a being that actually exists the omnipotence and omniscience of God. In other words, he is all-powerful and all-knowing. Salvation by grace alone. In other words, there's nothing you can do to save yourself. That salvation is by God and it's through his grace and the personal responsibility to evangelize. In other words, it's our responsibility to tell others about God. The most important part, Marna argued, is that you can't give to people what you don't have. You know, They found that there's a very low percentage of Christians who do have a biblical worldview, only 9%. Now, this is a direct reflection of the fact that our primary religious leaders and teachers do not have one. You know, in some denominations, a vast majority of the clergy do not have a biblical worldview. This shows up clearly in the data related to theological views and the moral choices of people who attend those churches. It goes like this. If our leaders aren't believing that God's word is directly and divinely given to us, then why would people who are in that person's congregation seek God's word for guidance? If you're not being told that God's word comes directly from him, why would you look there? You know, instead, you're just going to look for something that just feels good or sounds good. And then you set off by living your own standards, which of course leads to engaging in sin, because guess what? Man is sinful and we're not naturally good according to God's word. So we are going to seek out what looks good and feels good to us.
1: An example of the gap among churches is reflected in the outcomes related to the nation's two largest denominations, the Southern Baptist and the United Methodist Church. The Southern Baptist had the highest percentage of pastors with the biblical worldview, 71%. Kudos to the Southern Baptist, while the Methodist, being a large denomination, had the lowest with 27%. The survey also brought to light some unexpected differences based on pastoral backgrounds. And so the largest gap is related to gender. While 53% of male pastors had a biblical worldview, the same can be said for just 15% of female pastors. And that saddens me being a female, that only 15% of women pastors believe those things to be true.
0: Can I trust you, Lennox?
1: <laughs> nope.
0: <laughs> yeah, I already knew that. <laughs>
1: no, we're just kidding. We're not against women pastors, huh? but <laughs> at least I'm not traitors. <laughs> I'm not either. <laughs> but if you are somebody who's interviewing a female pastor, you might want to check with her about her biblical belief system. Now, another huge gap was based on race. White senior pastors were nearly twice as likely as black senior pastors to have a biblical worldview. 55% versus 30% respectively.
0: So where do we go with this? We could spend years of podcasts talking about this, but that's not what the goal is here. With Isaiah 59, we are seeing a nation that is living a lie, creating lies and destroying anyone who pushes the truth. Our question here has been, are we in the U.S. in 2022 living in a nation that's in the same trajectory? And what have we have seen with our religious leaders is that the, there is no doubt the answer is yes. The people who were in Judah at this time had returned from exile. There were very few religious leaders who were interested in worshiping God. And therefore, the people of Judah had very little interest as well. And that's what we're seeing in our nation right now. With only half of those who are in positions of spiritual leadership in the Protestant church even believing the basics of what they need to believe, what's going to be the result? Regular people have no interest in attending a worship service. Judah was living a lie in re- regards to God. We have a nation full of religious leaders as well as church people who are living a lie in regards to God as well.
1: Listen to how Judah describes themselves after God points out their sin. We know we have rebelled and have denied the Lord. We have turned our backs on our God. And this is in verse 13 in chapter 59. They were seen that they had turned their backs on God. We have a nation that has half their religious leaders believing the truth. And as a result, 9% of those who call themselves born again, believe the truth. We are a nation that has turned its back on God. And we're definitely a group of individuals not interested in learning about God. What's amazing to me is to listen to how Judah describes themselves next. Truth stumbles in the streets. And honesty has been outlawed. Yes, the truth is gone, and anyone who renounces evil is attacked.
0: Does this perfectly describe our nation or what? Anyone who has the guts to call out the lies and evil in this nation are tarred and feathered for it. If you have the gall to point out the lies dominating this nation, people will call for you to lose your job. They'll publish your address in hopes that someone will burn your house down, and they'll actively work towards your destruction. What is even more amazing is this will come from people who pose themselves as a group who is for peace and tolerance. Yes, indeed, how tolerant they are. Again, lies.
1: You know, that line that says truth has been outlawed reminds me of Christians today within the church. You know, if you do have a preacher speaking about the truth, someone always seems to get offended in the church and leaves. I think we have this nice little society within the church where even believers will tell you that you cannot talk about certain things because it might offend, like denominational beliefs that might be skewed and not accurate or political actions or events. We can't talk about those. We can't talk about divorce. We can't talk about sexuality. We can't talk about race. And many times we let our own personal beliefs become our biblical standards or our so-called biblical standards and not God's word. An example of this that I can think of is just the election of 2020. What I'm going to say is something that you probably don't hear too many people saying, but and I say it respectfully, but I've got to say it, traders. This is a perfect example of our nation and our religious leaders and the church not applying God's word in their lives. I mean, how many church leaders kept silent before the election of 2020 knowing how corrupt those politicians were for fear of offending their congregation? Maybe they themselves even voted for these corrupt politicians. If we were using the Bible as our guide, and I know it's hard because a lot of times these candidates are not Christians. I get that. But if we were using the Bible as our guide, should we have voted for a political party that endorses abortion? If we are using the Bible as our guide, should we have voted for a political party that endorses LGBTQ so much that it doesn't care about religious freedoms or churches and how it will violate those things? If we use the Bible as our guide, would we have voted for a political party that betrays Israel? Would we have voted for a political party that participates in lawlessness, breaking the law, having a disregard for it? Would we or should we have voted for those who obsess over equity for one group while at the same time pushing racism against another? Our nation is in the same place as Judah in Isaiah 59. And if we weren't, we would never have cast a vote for the current leaders we have right now in 2022. Many Christians did. Even religious leaders, pastors, they were deceived using their own standards of right and wrong rather than the truth from God's word.
0: How can we as a nation expect that we're going to be a great and just nation if those who are supposed to be basing their lives on truth are instead basing it on a lie? We know from history that people, by and large, follow the examples of their leaders. If leaders are living lies, then usually the followers are too. So how do we counteract this? The number one thing we need to do is really quite simple. We need to confess our sin. There is freedom in confessing to God. As believers, we cannot have our lives watered down and powerless. We are called to be different. And as a result of that, we cannot give sin free reign. We need God's spirit in our lives to give us the power to walk above the lies, to be able to discern lies from the truth. God needs to be front and center in our lives. Remember, Judah turned their backs on God. He wasn't their focus. They even admit it. And secondly, we have to live it. We're in a nation of people, not just religious leaders who are faking it. We have a nation of woke people who are faking it. A nation of political leaders faking it. Health officials faking it. There are so many fakers out there. We have people who are claiming to be authentic. You know what Jesus said when he was talking to his disciples? He said about how to be authentic. This is what he said. He said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. When we love people the way Jesus loved, that is when we have proved to the world that we are Christ's disciples. You know, just pondering the notion of loving the way that Christ did should create enough conviction where we see just how far we are from the goal.
1: You know, the third thing we need to do is, is spend time in God's word, learning who God is and what he expects of us. The first verse that comes to my mind is Psalm 119, 105. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Are we allowing God's word to be that lamp and that light? How much time do we really spend in God's word? Do we even know what it says? What does it say about marrying the right person? What does it say about standing against corruption? When we feel like we are in the dark in regards to what to do, where to go, who God is, then go to His Word. God's Word will keep us from being deceived like we mentioned before. His Word is relevant to all of our troubles we face. It even has predicted things about what we are seeing happening in our world right now and how to be prepared. There are so many promises for us as well that offer hope and joy, and these things are enough to keep us listening to God and to help us when it comes to showing the love of God to such a degree that people cannot help but wonder who we are. This is how we can reflect that truth. Until Until next time, time, my fellow traders.